I'm Scott Herbie from Weintraub Tobin. I'm Josh Escobedo with Weintraub Tobin. Since we're recording this during the first week of January, we thought it'd be interesting to talk about the copyright cases to watch for in 2022. So here we go. Happy New Year, Josh. Happy New Year to you as well, Scott. In honor of the new year, it seems fitting to start off with a brief overview of the copyright cases to watch in 2022. What do you say? I say let's get to it. Awesome. So the Supreme Court is currently preparing a ruling in a fabric designer's lawsuit against H&M over the unauthorized use of copyrighted patterns following the Ninth Circuit's overturning of a nearly $1 million verdict on the grounds that the registration at issue may have been void. Right. The case is called Unicolors versus H&M. And the question at issue is whether the court should refer a copyright registration to the Copyright Office for the office to review whether the registrant's errors on the application were fatal to the ultimate issuance of the registration and the registration's validity. Unicolor argues that the court should only do so where there's evidence of fraud on the Copyright Office, and H&M states that it would fail regardless because Unicolors knowingly misrepresented information on its registration application. Exactly. Oral argument took place in November. We can expect the court's ruling any time now. This could be an important ruling for artists and other creators who often do their own registrations. Uh, we'll get into the details when the decision comes down. That'll be a great case to watch, Josh. Uh, and we definitely will talk about it when the Supreme Court issues its opinion. Um, now, the next case is one that we've talked about quite a lot uh, on the briefing. It's Andy Warhol Foundation versus Goldsmith. Honestly, I think we've talked about that case more than any other case since we've started making content for the show, so I'll be relatively brief. In short, the Supreme Court is being asked to review the Second Circuit's ruling in this matter where it significantly limited the fair use doctrine and seemingly walked back its own broad view on fair use from the Carryout versus Prince case. According to the Andy Warhol Foundation, the Second Circuit precedent is now at odds with Supreme Court precedent that holds that a work is transformative if it conveys a different meaning from the source material. Here, the Second Circuit found that Warhol putting his own spin on photographs of prints was insufficient to constitute fair use, even though the images had seemingly transformed in such a manner where a reasonable viewer would recognize them as being Warhol works. The Warhol Foundation won at the district court level, but found themselves at odds with the Second Circuit, who eventually reversed. Personally, I'd like some clarity here. Yeah, I would, I would too, Josh. This, this case is a significant walking back of the Second Circuit's decision in the Carry You case. And it really has, like, at least in the Second Circuit, you know, fair use is up for a jump ball. Uh, so I really would like to see what the Supreme Court thinks about it. The ruling is, in its current form, I think could chill innovation and creativity. And it's certainly not aligned with what the Second Circuit had held up to that point. I think that's right, Scott. And I think that the ruling is currently at odds with the spirit and intent of the fair use doctrine. But moving on, we have the Stars Entertainment versus MGM dispute. There, the Ninth Circuit is reviewing whether the district court correctly refused MGM's request to dismiss Star's licensing lawsuit, which claims that MGM's subsidiary allowed Star's competitors to show films and TV shows 
that were supposed to be exclusive to Star's platform. In short, MGM argued that the three-year period set forth in the Supreme Court case Petrella versus MGM had elapsed by the time that Star's filed suit. Stars contends that the three-year period from Petrella doesn't apply since it was a latches case and it didn't involve the discovery rule, which is exactly what's at issue here. For those of you who aren't familiar with the discovery rule, it's a doctrine that says that the Copyright Act statute of limitations starts only once infringement is discovered. This case is particularly interesting because it involves streaming and it will require the Ninth Circuit to address what constitutes open and notorious use, which is required for the statute of limitations clock to start ticking in the context of streaming platforms. So this ruling could be impactful for future cases given the prevalence of streaming uh, platforms in today's content viewing. That's exactly right, Scott. So we'll have to keep an eye on that case, and I'm sure we'll discuss the ruling in detail when it comes up. It seems generally applicable to matters that we discuss on this show. So finally, we have Miramax versus Quentin Tarantino, which we've also discussed on this show. In short, Quentin Tarantino is selling numerous exclusive scenes from Pulp Fiction in the form of NFTs. Of course, Miramax doesn't take kindly to this since they claim that Tarantino granted and assigned nearly all of his rights to Pulp Fiction to Miramax in 1993, including the rights for the scenes he intends to sell as NFTs. This case is going to be really interesting to watch. Um, I think it's going to be heavily litigated. It is going to involve a lot of different issues. Yes, it will involve uh, issues concerning the intersection of NFTs and copyright, but it will also involve um, copyright, um, sorry, contract interpretation, the interpretation of Tarantino's deal with Miramax, and whether or not what he's doing falls under Tarantino's reserved publishing right, or whether it falls under Miramax's uh, merchandising right. Uh, we're just going to see a lot of these cases involving copyright and NFT. Um, there's some claims now regarding a, an NFT drop that allegedly infringes another NFT called Bored Ape. There was previously a dispute between Jay-Z and Damon Dash, Rockefeller Records co-founder. Um, it's going to be just really interesting to keep our eye on this particular area. I think that's right, Scott. And I think that's true for all of the cases that we've briefly summarized here today. Uh, interestingly enough, at least 50% of these cases involve the intersection of technology and just a changing of society in the way we do things, be it NFTs or streaming platforms. And it's really interesting to see how that intersects with intellectual property. I guess that's why it's a good time to be an IP lawyer, Josh. We get to read all these interesting cases and see how the copyright law applies to changing technologies and changing societal norms. So thanks for this report, Josh. Thanks, Scott. Thanks for tuning into this installment of The Briefing by the IP Law Blog. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast and to our YouTube channel. And if you're interested in more content like this, please visit us at theiplawblog.com.